Hi, I'm Ben Miller from University Relations here at the University of Wisconsin-Madison, and we're a proud sponsor of WIS Politics and WIS Business Podcasts. You're listening to WIS Business, the podcast, Wisconsin's business news source. Now, here's your host. Hi, everybody. This is Alex Mo here for WIS Business, the podcast. Today, I'm joined again by returning guest, Laura Dresser, Associate Director of COWS, a think and do tank based at UW-Madison. Laura, thank you so much for coming back on the show. I'm really happy to be here. Thanks for having me, Alex. Sure thing. So um, last time around, we discussed last year's State of Work in Wisconsin report. And in today's podcast, we're going to be talking about some of the findings from this year's report. So to get us started, what should our listeners know about this report and what are some of the most significant findings this year? Well, I think the first thing maybe useful for your listeners to know is they can find a lot of the things I'm referring to at workingwi.org is where we hold all this. Um, and the second thing I would say is I've been working on this report. We release it on Labor Day. Um, the first one I ever wrote for COWS was in 1996, the first time we did the State of Work in Wisconsin. Um, and I would say that the big finding that I think about relates to that. Um, I've written um, a lot. We at COWS have written a lot about the long arc over the last 40 years and the restructuring of the economy in ways that have exacerbated inequality and created wage stagnation. So we are often talking about a 40-year, 50-year story. Um, And then we're talking about tighter cyclical stories. And the tight cyclical story right now is really a story of um, labor market opportunity for workers and really evidence in every place I looked that workers see that this is a moment where they have some power they have power to leave their jobs and find better jobs. And we see a lot of evidence that workers are doing that. They have um, the power to stay in the job and ask for more from that job. They are doing this in individual and collective ways. And so I think you see evidence of that in the wages, um, the trajectory of wages recently. And um, and finally, I think we also see it um, that, that workers Um, kind of making statements of powers in the most traditional way. And the one that maybe people know to look for is that people are joining unions or talking about unions or um, getting contracts and getting um, getting in organized collectively that way. And I think, but that my story really for the state of working Wisconsin 2022 is about workers seeing the opportunity at this moment and doing different things to pursue and improve their work. Absolutely. And you can certainly see that in some of the findings in this year's report. And obviously, we're seeing a continually shifting situation with the impact of the COVID-19 pandemic on the workforce here in Wisconsin. Any big changes you'd like to highlight, but specifically between last year's report and this one? Um, I would say sort of last year's report, uh, I was thinking a lot about um, how we were going to come out. There was an intense contraction that we all probably remember in March of 2020. And um, there was a slow, well, by historic standards of this century, it wasn't that slow a recovery, but it was a very deep hole of more than 500,000 jobs. Um, And so last summer we were about 
a little better than halfway back out of that hole. But now we're pretty close nationally. We're above the March shutdown numbers of jobs. Wisconsin is pretty close. And to me, the other thing that I see this year that I didn't see last year is our rate of unemployment is lower than usual. Our number of workers in the workforce is higher than it's ever been. And our rate of labor force participation is restored to the pre-pandemic level. And so you see that evidence of the opportunity and the fact that workers are working. Wisconsin really is 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 in the labor market and is working now. Um, and that is, um, you know, that lo the lost jobs was a little bit more my attention last year. Certainly. Uh, one part of the report that I found most interesting was the section that noted that employers' challenge with filling jobs right now is really linked to the workforce shrinking as more workers kind of age out than the number that are joining it. And this issue, as noted in the report, is, you know, especially significant in rural parts of the state where the aging workforce is most focused. Yeah. Can you explain that trend and kind of what it means for the state overall? Yeah, for sure. And I should say, like a year ago, we talked a lot about there was the, like kind of this great resignation language. And I think it gave people the idea that a lot of people were like, oh, I'm not working anymore. Um, I'm, I'm going to get in my van, I'm going to you know, make an Instagram, do a GoFundMe, whatever, like just opting out in a lot of different ways. Um, but that great resignation was really about changing jobs and moving up in the labor force. And I think there is, but, you know, I think everybody sees that the labor markets are tight. And this is something that demographers have been watching in Wisconsin for a long time, but it's really evident right now because of the strength of the overall economy. Um, uh, so while the, um, there's certain locations in Wisconsin where the working age population is growing pretty robustly, especially Madison, but um, in much of the rural parts of the state, the northern parts of the state, um, the number of prime age workers is shrinking all the time. Um, and the state is getting older, especially in counties to the north and the rural areas. And so you can, if you can do a map of the United, of the state, and you know that over the last 10 years about, we have 150,000 workers fewer um, in prime ages. And that all that loss of the total number of workers is in those counties away from the deeply urban counties, especially Madison, which has been growing and is not aging the way the other ones are. Gotcha. Yeah, that, that makes a lot of sense. And another interesting point from the report, it, it seems that some of the wage inequalities here in the state have closed a little bit in recent years. I was curious, what are your thoughts on what might be contributing to this really encouraging trend? Yeah, I think, you know, and we can even see that in the national data, even for this year, our wage data goes through 2021. So the kind of deep, there will be some like uh, kind of issues about overall inflation and whether things, um, you know, how workers end up on that. But from 2019 to 2021, we see inflation adjusted wage increases and we see those increases most strongly for, um, not white men who have who have the traditional 
um, and have been the highest paid workers, the highest median. So the folks with the highest median have stayed pretty steady, down tiny a bit, and other workers are coming up. And I think part of what's going on is that the most intense restructuring and the way that workers have been moving is about the bottom of the labor market. This is where more women work, where more people of color work. And as people have seen more opportunity there and demanded more from those jobs, we've seen inequality shrink a little. Nationally, you can see this between college grads and other um, workers, even in 2022 data, that they're coming, those wages, that wage gap is kind of shrinking. And I think that's about this opportunity moment really meaning a lot for people in lower wage jobs them taking this opportunity and moving into better jobs or demanding more from the ones they have. Yeah, sure thing. And for any listeners who are interested in checking out the full report, I will of course have a link below the podcast so they can click through, read it for themselves. But Laura, as we're wrapping up here, any final thoughts you'd like to leave our listeners with? Well, I think um, one thing that I'm you know, one thing I'm sort of thinking about a lot right now um, is we featured some stories about workers organizing and um, and then we had a panel about this last week and um, some of that organizing is really formal, you know, the NLR, the National Labor Relations Board process. Someone says, I want, you know, a set of workers say we want a union, there's an official process, we all pay attention. Um, but, but on the panel, we're also workers who, um, you know, collectively went to their boss and said, you need to pay us on time. Um, and these are workers who, uh, you know, they were at that point, they weren't filing for a union, although they are, uh, are seeking representation. Now, at that point, they were just saying, like, we need checks that we need to be paid on time, we need better ventilation, and we talk, want to talk to you about wages. Um, and um, so that I just love the range of places where you can look and see workers really saying, I think we need more from work. Um, that's kind of exciting and one of the features this year. Sure thing. Well, lots of really interesting and exciting conclusions from this year's report, which I encourage all our listeners to go and check out. Laura, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast. It's been great speaking with you. Thanks. You've been listening to Wisp Business, the podcast. Now stay tuned for a word from our sponsor. Hi, I'm Ben Miller from University Relations here at the University of Wisconsin-Madison, and we're a proud sponsor of WIS Politics and WIS Business Podcast. Did you know that almost 80% of UW-Madison's in-state students return to live and work in Wisconsin in the years after graduation? And almost half of all UW-Madison alumni are current Wisconsin residents. That's just one way we're driving our economy forward. UW-Madison is working for Wisconsin.